You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I want to real quick just, uh, Karen, I just want to say this that, uh, Carrie, that we appreciate everything you're doing for the kingdom of God. Big hand for, for Carrie and just. It, it also just gives me the confidence and the assurance that, that we're funding, we're putting our resources, our generosity in the right places. So we thank God that we can partner with, uh, with you. We've been talking about hope. We've been talking about finding hope um, in this Christmas season. Have you ever lost something that uh, is pretty valuable to you? Anyone, you know, you've lost something and, and, and you're, not, you're not going to move forward in your day until you find it. Anyone ever lost their keys? Right? Who are the key losers in the room? There's always one, one somebody in the, in, the, in the couple, right, or the, or the family that loses their keys all the time. And they, they, I can't find my keys. I can't find my keys. You know, and, and you're going you're gonna to do everything you can to find your, your keys, especially if they're your, they're your car keys. And how about that thing that we carry everywhere we go and you lose this, right? Anyone ever... You just can't find your phone. And, and, and maybe you even, you know, you're just busy in the morning and, or, or, you know, throughout the day and you, and you take off and you realize, even if you've driven 10 miles, that you don't have your, and you say, I got to go find it, right? And you drive and you drive until you get to the place and they even have, they even have the indicators on these gadgets that says, find my phone. How do I know that? I used it yesterday. <laughs> so yesterday, yesterday we did a memorial service here, and and uh, after the memorial service, I was tired, uh, you know, and and went to the office, and I was sitting down, and they were Emma, and uh, the team were just getting everything cleaned up, and we fed the family. The family used the place for a reception, and anyways, I drove home and. I got there, and my wife says, where's your, where's your phone? I said, I don't know. And right now, I don't really care. <laughs> but she said, I know, I know. We'll, we'll, find your, we'll find your phone. And she got on her phone, and she said, okay, it's at the church. And so, you know, we came that last night and, and came into to the office. And I still couldn't find my phone. <laughs> and she pinpointed it. She said, it's not in your office. It's in the other office. And so there it was. We found our phone, my phone. But how about hope? Anyone in here lost hope? You lost hope in a, in a circumstance, a situation that's going on in your life? Or some people say they've lost hope in our country or lost hope in, in people. You lost hope in a school. You lost hope in a relationship, in a marriage. People just losing their hope. 
But the Christmas story teaches us so much. Remember last week we went through the genealogy of Jesus that Matthew gave. And in that genealogy, we found that Matthew, the tax collector, remember he was in a different category, was sinners and tax collectors. They weren't even in the same, the same category with sinners. They were worse. And he wrote this narrative, right? And before he writes the, the, the birth of Jesus, he gives the genealogy of our Lord. And we find out in that genealogy that not only did Jesus come for sinners, he came from sinners. That kind of baffles us. And I had people <clears throat> that said, Pastor, I never even heard that. And I went home and I started checking things out. And you're right, it's, it's in the Bible. And, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to check things out to see if they're in the Bible. So we found last week that all of us are destined for hope. We all have an expectation that there's something better. There's got to be something better because every one of us is broken. And you notice that our families are broken. And you, do, you start doing some family history and you find out that there's a lot of things in your family. You're like, oh, my goodness. You just get one of those apps like Ancestry.com and find my past. And I was like, I don't want to find my past. I want to lose my past. But we found that we're destined for hope. But the Christmas story doesn't stop right there. Not only are we destined for hope, in other words, we're expecting something better. We're expecting that our life was going to be fulfilled. We're going to have some abundance. And as I said yesterday at the memorial service, we're longing for an eternal home. Because what we find in this short time that we live here on this good earth is that this really isn't our home. We come into this life naked and with nothing and we leave this life Naked and with nothing. But Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will be with me also. Amen? And I don't know about you, but that gives me a great amount of hope. But it started with Jesus being born of a virgin. A miraculous sign that God was making himself present in the history of mankind through a savior whose name would be Jesus. And you know what that does for me? I don't know what it does for you. Not only am I destined for hope, but I am also anchored in hope. I am anchored to the truth that God loved me so much that he felt, he felt I was worthy of his gift. And the gift is the son who was born in a manger and who would go to the cross and die for all of my hopelessness in my life. And it anchors me in this reality, this life that I live in. Every week there's something going on. Every day there's something that comes into my life that seems hopeless. But I continue to find my hope in Jesus. Hope is not found in a building. Hope is not found in no one else except the man, Christ Jesus. I want to go to uh, Matthew's gospel. Remember, we're going to follow the, the narrative. We've, 
We looked at his genealogy. I want us to go to verse 18. So if you have your Bible, go, to, go there if you want. And you may have your, your, your Bible on a smart device on your phone or, a, or, an, or, a, or an iPad. If you're at home, uh, we, you know, go to your Bible if you have one. If you're not, it'll be on the screen or it's in your notes. And, and here's uh, Matthew continuing writing the story about Jesus. And he gets to verse 18 and he says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Someone say, that's important. This is how the birth of Jesus, not just any Jesus, but the Messiah. The chosen one, the anointed one, the Christ, came about. His brother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, that in itself is incredible. That she was going to be impregnated by the presence and the power of God. That right there gives us a lot of hope that there's something good going to happen, amen? Something miraculous is going to be, be happening, okay? So verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace because if, if Shauna was to come to me and say, I'm pregnant, babe, I'm pregnant. Say she came, you know, recently. I'm pregnant. But don't worry about it. It's God's baby. Come on. Come on. You, you, read, you read the Christmas story. You hear about the Christmas story, but you haven't lived it. <clears throat> you know, we had Chuck come up and his lovely wife, Joanne. Just think if Joanne came to you and said, Chuck, I have got, got something I got to tell you. We'll talk after supper. I'm PG. What? I'm pregnant. But don't worry, it's God's. Chuck would be like, I'll see you later. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on right here. Put yourself in the shoes of Joseph. Joseph was a great man. He was very honorable. It tells us that. And, he, and it says he was faithful to the law. He wanted to do everything that God called him to do. He didn't want to hurt Mary. He had a heart. But he said, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to divorce her quietly. The story continues. But after he had considered this, now the white lines, we don't, we don't know the white lines. There's a lot of consideration going on. Think about it. He's probably going to work. He's probably going to do his thing, you know, uh, you know, working with wood and all these things. And all this time he's thinking. Any of you ever had a, to process things in your life? You got news and you're kind of thinking about it. Or maybe something's going on in your life. Maybe someone is ailing, they're hurting, and you're just thinking about it constantly. That's exactly what's going on with Joseph. He's considering this. I got to divorce her because, come on, here she is talking to me, but that the, 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 the child is the Holy Spirit? How does that happen? You know, we read it today and we're like, yeah, the, you know, the child was, Mary was a virgin and, and she was, you know, she conceived from the Holy Spirit and we're like, like if nothing, come on, it's a lot bigger than that. But an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So there's confirmation, amen? 
she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save, can we say that together? He will save, one more time, he will save his people from their sins. There's an anchor for you. How many of you in here need to be saved from your sins? All the oops that you did this week, all the uh-oh that we did this week, all the, he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And this is important because Matthew is writing to an audience. And the first recipients of this gospel were Jews. He wrote to a Jewish audience. So he would say, this was fulfilled because of this. And so the Jewish audience would say, oh, I get it. It's a, it's a prophecy. It's, it's Isaiah's prophecy that was prophesied 700 years before the birth of Christ. And this is what the, the, the prophet said. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him. I love that. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. There's an anchor. God is with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, and he took Mary home and his wife. Put that in your pocket because that's important. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. Put that in your pocket because how many of us do what the word of the Lord is telling us, or do we just leave it? When God calls us to do something, he calls us to put feet and hands to his word. Are you with me? That testimony we heard this, this morning was someone that's putting hands and feet to the word of God. So he took Mary as his wife, and, but he did not consummate their marriage. And let me just put it in plain language. He did not have sex with Mary until she gave birth to her son, God's son. Now, the Bible teaches us very clearly that Mary and Joseph did have others, sons and daughters. So if you have a background, which I had a background where I thought Mary never did anything. I mean, she was just, And Joseph was like, is it ever going to happen, Lord? She's beautiful. The Bible is very clear, and it teaches us that they did come together, and they had sons and daughters. So Mary's not the focal point. Do you know who the focal point is? Jesus. Are you with me? And he gave him the name Jesus. Here's three truths that I believe will anchor our hope in God. The first anchor is that God is with us. The Christmas reality is that we're not alone. No matter what we're facing, God is always with you when Jesus is in your life. If, if God is with me, it means that his peace is with me. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. In other words, he's going to give me a peace that doesn't make any sense. 
for the chaos that I'm living in. That peace is with me. If, if God is with us, that means that his joy is with us no matter how much misery there is around us. No matter how much despair we see in our world, no matter what you see on the news, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because God is with us, it's a game changer. His light is with us. No matter how dark our circumstances, no matter what we're facing, no matter how dark our relationships are, no matter all, all these things that are going on around us, the light of Christ is with us. And you may be facing a dark circumstance, a dark situation. You may be in a dark place, but if Jesus is a part of your life, his light is there. His light is with you. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. They will call him God with us. Isaiah put it like this, behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son and she will call his name Emmanuel. And Isaiah's writing 700 plus years before the birth of Christ and he, go, he probably stopped and said, what? Okay, Lord, I'll write it. I'll write it down. Never realizing the truth that this was gonna take place. Emphasis on the virgin. Emphasis on God's plan. God knew the exact time. He knew the exact person. He knew the exact place. He knew that Mary would be the vessel in which he would send to carry the Savior of the world. Mary would later uh, speak to Elizabeth and say this in the, in the Magnificat. She said this, uh, Luke 1, verse 46 through 55, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Notice Mary didn't say people will worship me. She said generations will call me blessed because God chose me to carry the Savior For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the riches away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. Do you notice how much empty? Emphasis is on God and how she de-emphasizes herself. God has always, always made his presence known to the people that he's called. Wake up, America. 
wake up, child of God. Wake up and look for the presence of God. Wake up and know that he's here. Wake up and know that he loves us. He, he, he said this through the prophet Zephaniah as he's talking to a disobedient Israel. He says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. Don't you love that about God, that, that God takes delight in us? That he fights for us, he's a mighty warrior, he's there for our most difficult of times. And the enemies that we have, he's greater than. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. See, Christmas, Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas, the true reality of Christmas is that God made his presence known to man. God is with us. The truth that needs to be held on to, beloved, is that Jesus came and revealed the Father to people that did not know who God was. And in John 14, he gives this mon monumentous, this wonderful, climactic dialogue. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places where, where, where God dwells, amen? Some translations say mansions, but it's dwelling places where you're going to be in the presence of God. And I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will be with me also. It all has to do with presence. And you know the way. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. What are you talking about? We don't know the way. Jesus said, I am. I am. Hear those words. I am. The great I am. I am the way. I am the truth. I am life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And then he gets done saying that. And he says, and Philip says, just show us the Father. Just show us the Father. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The presence of God was amongst them. The presence of God is amongst us because he gave this promise to his disciples he said, lo, I will be with you always. I'll be with you all the way to the end, to the end of the age. How many of you have ever felt alone? How many of you feel alone? I may be speaking to someone, you're watching, you know, you're watching today, you may be watching this evening, and you feel all alone, you don't have to be. God made himself known in Jesus. He's with us. But there's another anchor. 
not only is God with us, but God lives in us. You see, the, the, the Son of God living in Mary, in, in Mary was a miracle. How many, of you, how many of you would agree with me on that? God living in a human person is a miracle. And I believe that it kept Mary planted and stable despite the ridicule she would face. Imagine carrying the Savior of man. Imagine with me. Mary was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And not only did the angel announce that she would become pregnant, the reality in her life is that she did become pregnant. And she knew, if anyone knew that she was a virgin, Mary knew. Despite all the ridicule, despite all the talk, despite all the things that was going on around her. See, we don't read the white lines. People talk. Joseph talked. Joseph was like, oh my goodness, how, I, how do I deal with this? Mary, <laughs> I need to divorce you. I don't. But she knew that God lived in her through Jesus. She was filled with the glory of God. She was filled with the love of God. She was filled with the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. But here's, your, here's my takeaway. Here's my big takeaway. It's so, this is so profound. It's so big. Mary carried the Savior. And she everywhere she went, all the way to Bethlehem. But every place she went, she had the presence of the living God in her. Here's the beautiful thing is that you and you and you and you and anyone who has trusted in Jesus that you carry the Savior in you too. Jesus lives in me. Despite all of the stuff that I've done, despite all the stuff that I've gone through, he dwells in us. Here's, here's how Paul put it as he wrote to the church in Colossae. He said, God has chosen to make known, uh, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You want to be anchored in hope? It's the reality that not only is God with us, but if you're a child of God and you've, you've trusted in Jesus, God lives in you. And it's a glorious, glorious hope. Uh, right into the Ephesians, Paul wrote, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him and your roots. That's anchor right there. That's an anchor. Your roots will grow down into God's love and it will keep you strong. So when people ridicule me, when people talk about me, when people are saying this, I know that God is not only with me, he's in me by his grace. 
And that grace does not ever go away. And that's what people need to know about Christmas. That's the hope that we have. It's a hope that anchors us in the reality that we're not alone. And he's present in my heart. And he's present in my life. And no matter what I'm facing, and believe me, beloved, I face things daily. Because there's a big bullseye on me that the devil shoots at all the time. But God says, you're mine. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm living in you. To the Galatians, he said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, and he gave himself for me. Manger, cross, ascension. Jesus is alive and well. And I died to my old self, and now I'm alive to God because he's in me. And there's a regeneration. That's a big word that just means that God spiritually took over and he lit up my life. He lit up my soul. He made me alive to him. Now I can hear him. I hear him when I read his word. I, I, I believe him when I pray. I believe that he's trustworthy because I'm anchored in the reality that God is not only with me, but he's in me. And here's the third thing. Third thing is this, is that God works through us. Not only is he with me, not only is he in me, but he works through me. Why me? I'm no good for nothing. Do you notice, notice what Mary said in the Magnificat? You notice that, that she said he, cho he chose this humble vessel and generations will call me blessed. Can I tell you that people that are going to call me blessed, the people that are going to call you blessed, they're not going to call you blessed because of you. They're going to call you blessed because of the one who chose you and who lives in you and who saved you. I want you to think about how Joseph felt. That wasn't Joseph's idea of, 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 of marriage. I, I'm going to tell you that. That wasn't, Joseph wasn't like going like, you know what, when I get married, I want God to show up and do this. Come on, let's, let's be real. He felt hopeless. He felt my engagement is hopeless. My future is hopeless. But the Christmas story was used by God to make Jesus known to Joseph. And, and how many of you believe that God used Joseph in the narrative? Was he used by, by the Father, by God? Definitely. Joseph woke up. He did, remember, take it out of your pocket. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife. And he loved her, and he cherished her, and he gave his life to her, and they lived together, and they walked together 
He trusted God's word. Now, here, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. How many of you trust God's word? It's our hope. See, Christmas is a lot bigger than what, you're, what you've been told or what that you think about. It's trusting God's word. It's believing there's hope and no matter what we're facing. It's trusting that he's reliable. It's trusting that he's in me despite myself. It's trusting that he works through me. Lord, that you may continue to bless the ministry of Carrie as you work through her. Lord, that you will continue to bless the ministries of the people that are in this place. Lord, that, that you will continue to bless the ministries of the people that are watching. Even the people that have never done anything for you, that's coming. And that you will be the source of everything that they do. That you will not quit. That, you will, that, 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 that they will not quit. That they'll, they'll just continue to grab onto what you have for them. You see, what I love about Christmas is that Christmas is really about the gift that God gave. I will never outgive God. He gave it all. He gave it all. And because I'm so thankful for what he's done, it changes the way that I live. To the Philippians, it says, it is God who works in you to will, to act, so that you can fulfill the good purposes of God. It is God who works. It is God who did all this. It is God's miracle that he brought this child. It is God's miracle that that child was just not any other child. It was God the son. And that son would come and change history. And it doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter what generation we're in. The Christmas story is the greatest story you'll ever hear. It's the greatest story. It's the birth of a savior that would die for the sins and the failures of mankind in which I am very grateful that he looked at me in my yucky self and he loved me and he turned my life around. And that's exactly what he wants to do for each one of us. Here's what I want to do with everyone just looking at me. How many of you right now would say just by a show of hands, I need the hope of God in my life. I just need God's hope. Yeah. How, how many of you in here today would dare to say that you're just going to receive everything God has for you in, in, in Jesus this Christmas? You're just saying, you know what, God, whatever you have for me, I want, I want to welcome you into my life. I want to welcome you into my, into my existence, into my heart. Lord, you're the only one that can break the things in my life that I can't break on my own. Raise your hand if that's you. You need something broken. In your, you feel hopeless because of a situation. God's going to break some things. I believe it. I believe it. Can I tell you why? Because he's God. He's God. And how many of you would dare to consider this? Look at me real quick. 
how many of you would dare to consider being used by God this Christmas? Just, just raise, if you would dare to be considered to be used by God, raise your hands. Amen. That's a, that's a hard place to get to. You got to get past your, you gotta, we got to get past ourselves. Here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. That this Christmas is going to be miraculous. Because we believe that he's the same God that came in that manger the first Christmas morning. And I believe that our country needs hope. I believe that our families need hope. I believe that we need hope as individuals. And he's more than capable of giving us what we need. God, as we close the service, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our hope. That we were destined for you. We were destined for hope. We're expecting a better life. And so now we grab a hold of the reality that you are the Savior. We, we embrace you. We love you. And Lord, we're anchored in you. We're anchored and rooted in the greatest, greatest reality that there is. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So bless every person that raised their hands. I pray for addictions. I pray for relationships. I pray for habits, anything that we can't break in our own ability for them to begin to be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. Let this Christmas be memorable for every person here. Restore relationships, Lord. Take the darkness, expel it with your light. Bring the hope that is real. Jesus, you are the hope that is real. We praise this by the power of the Holy Spirit in your name. And everyone said amen and amen. Let's stand up and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.